You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 56. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. As always, I am happy that you are here. So thank you so much for tuning in. So here's the deal. My episodes have been a little bit heavy lately. Last episode number 55, that was pretty long. If you stuck out the whole thing with me, I really appreciate it. And I had a lot to share. I thought it was extremely valuable, but it was heavy. So last week we talked about surveys and how to find your target market by creating a survey. It was episode number 55. And this episode was so valuable because I had just done my own survey and over 5,000 people participated and I received so much great valuable content that I thought this is something that I should have done a long time ago. I mean, I've surveyed my audience before, but never in a way like I talked about in episode 55. So I definitely want you to go back and listen if you didn't. But if you did listen to it, you know that one thing I found out from my audience is that many of you are struggling with finding your target market and getting out in front of them and really making sure that they're hearing your messages on social media and just online marketing in general. So that's where I wanted to start with that podcast last week is let's talk about finding your target market. And to do that, you need to learn more about them. What's keeping them up at night? What are they really needing from you? What do they struggle with? What makes them extremely happy? Where are they spending their time online? This is the kind of stuff that we need to know. It takes a lot of time. The people that are really successful have all done this but it's something that most people want to totally skip. So I, I understand the urge to skip it, but if you're in it for the long haul, you've got to do the work. So it's one of those things that it's a lot of work to put together the survey, find the people to do it, analyze the data, but it is so rewarding that I cannot encourage you enough to do it. But here's the thing. Another thing I learned in the survey was that many of you want to learn how to create content that actually attracts your target market. So this, I guess, shouldn't have been that much of a surprise to me because if you're struggling to find your target market or get out in front of them, then of course you wanna learn how to create content that will attract them. So it goes hand in hand. So this episode is a great progression from last week's episode. But the thing is, as I mentioned earlier, my episodes have been pretty heavy. The one with Ramit, number 54, was pretty long, and then last week. So I wanna give you a break this week but I don't want to skimp on the value. So I'm going to make it really actionable. I'm going to give you some things that you can go do right away, but I'm going to try to make this episode a little bit shorter and just get right to the point and make sure that you can walk away with some really great tips and strategies. So we are talking about content that attracts your target market. Now, I really do believe there are two kinds of content. Now there's a blurry line between the two, which is a good thing, but I see content in a way that first you're using it to attract your target market. And then there's content that you're using to sell, to get people to actually maybe opt into something. And then when they opt in to get them to buy. And so I say there's a blurry line because sometimes when you're creating content to attract your target market, you can then lead them on a path to do something else after they've consumed the content. That's all great. 
but there is a difference between the two. And today we're just going to focus on really putting out content that your target market will just eat up. So here's how we're going to do it. Again, like I said, we're going to make it actionable. So I have a list of 10 different content ideas that are 100% directly related to your target market, attracting them, getting them to pay attention, meeting their needs and their wants. After I give you this list of 10, I'm going to then go into repurposing. We're going to talk about repurposing your content. And I have a special guest that's going to jump on and give you a case study about what she did to repurpose content. That was amazing. It was just fantastic. It's something I'm going to use during my next Profit Lab launch. I think everybody should check it out. It's that good. So we're going to have her hop on and give you some info. I'm not going to tell you anything about it till we get there. And then one more thing I do want to tell you is that I've created, like always, a great cheat sheet for this episode. And what I've done is I've put these 10 different things I'm going to run through with you quickly. I've put them into a cheat sheet so you can refer back to them over and over again. So just keep it somewhere where you can grab when you need ideas. But then I've added another five to it that you can't, you won't know about till you download it. So if you want the cheat sheet for today where it's 10 ideas to create content that are 100% focused on your target market, plus another five ideas that I'm not going to share here. You got to download the cheat sheet. You can get it at amyporterfield.com forward slash 56 download. So that's amyporterfield.com forward slash 56 download. And then if you'd like to text instead, you can text 56 download to the number 38470. Okay. So are you curious about these 10 ideas I have for you to spark some content, whether it be blog posts or podcasts or webinars, or you can even put them into eBooks and audio files, whatever you want to do. They're just ways to really start getting you thinking. A lot of people will use these ideas for blog posts, but you can use them for anything that you want. But we'll talk about all those other ideas when we talk about repurposing. One more thing. This episode is brought to you by Lead Pages. You've been hearing me talk about it if you've been following my podcast, but I just recorded a brand new webinar. The webinar is about how to grow your email list with one simple tool. And in that webinar, we show you how to use the tool, examples of other people using this tool. Of course, it's called Lead Pages, the tool. And it really gets into the specifics. This is how to use it to get these results. So I wanted something really actionable in this webinar. Hit the mark with that. You can check out my favorite list building tool if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash new leads. So that's amyporterfield.com forward slash new leads. Okay, so let's get to it. So the question of the day is how do you create content that attracts your target market? Well, the thing is, I know this is going to be way too simplistic in the way I'm going to say it. Is that a word? It is, right? But the thing is, when you know your target audience, when you know all about them, at least you try to know all about them, creating content for them becomes incredibly easy. Like this won't even be a question for you anymore because when you really get them, you instantly can rattle off 10 things that they need. Like after I did that survey, I have so many content ideas that it's crazy. And let me tell you guys, I've never felt that way before. And I've been in business for going on six years now. And the reason I don't think I've ever really understood the questions I needed to ask is because I never asked myself, this is going to sound silly, but 
What do I really want to know about these people? Like what could really help me serve them? So it was just becoming smarter at the questions I asked. And so now that I did that survey, I have content that will last me all year. And that's what I want for you. So again, I want you to do the survey, but I'm going to help you with some content ideas right now. If you're not feeling as confident about knowing your target market and knowing what they need. So these 10 things I'm going to share with you today will kind of start sparking that for you. So the first thing is that everything you do, this is actually not the first tip. I have one more thing to say. Everything you do is content. Everything you do online, it's content. So whether you're posting on Facebook, a quick one minute tip on Facebook with a video or something on Twitter or any social media site or anything you put in emails or on your landing pages, it's all content. So if you think about it that way, you are obviously already producing consistent content, I would guess. But that word consistent is so important. One thing I've learned from all my mentors, I think Marie Forleo, uh, Michael Hyatt, Laura Roeder, these are three people that have said it in many different ways a lot. Consistency is king. The people that are most consistent beat out everybody else. So that means if you're going to create content on a blog, you do it consistently. Whatever you decide is consistent to you, you just do it once a week, every other week, twice a week, whatever it is, be consistent. Laura Roeder's had a newsletter. I think it's Thursdays, every Thursday. There it is. There it is. There it is. I mean, the girl doesn't miss anything. Same with Marie Forleo with Marie TV. It is every week and you can come to rely on that person and it makes you respect them. I personally have struggled with consistency in my business. You guys hear all my bad things. I tell you everything. I'm like an open book. But consistency is tough for me because I get on one kick and I'm going down the road and I'm like, okay, this is really, really great. And then I have a launch coming up and it fully derails me. That's why people say batching is so important because that way consistency really happens when you can batch, which has just always been hard for me, but something I always strive for. So you don't have to be perfect at it, but I will say everybody that I admire in the online space has shown consistency over the years. And it's something really to aspire to. Okay, so speaking of consistency, that's what I want for you. And I'm gonna give you some ideas to help you with that, help you churn out this content on a consistent basis while attracting the right kind of audience. Okay, so number one, this is an idea. So these are 10 ideas to help you create content to attract your target market. The first one is I want you to answer the question, What's the number one question you get asked all the time? When you tell people what you do, what's the number one question you get asked all the time? Now, I want you to take that and that must be an epic blog post on your blog or it must be one of the episodes on your podcast. So we'll talk podcasts or blog posts. Those are probably the two most popular platforms to deliver content, but or a video, whatever it is, however you deliver content consistently. But I call it an epic blog post. So you've got regular blog posts. They're usually short to the point. They give great value. But those epic blog posts are the ones that have tons of links in them, ideas, images. It's like its own little mini ebook on your blog. Those are the ones that people love to share. They attract your perfect audience and they really set you up as that authority. So for me, you want to know what one of my epic blog posts is, and I've done it actually more than once. I did it last year and this year, how to get more engagement on Facebook. So last year was a huge hit. 
This year, it's been a huge hit. And actually, I was going to tell you something. I'm going to save it till our guest comes on. I should turn it into something else to repurpose it. I just got this great idea. So we'll talk repurposing in a moment. I don't want to ruin it for you. But what's the number one question you get asked all the time? Turn it into an epic blog post. And then you can turn it into other things as we get into repurposing. But that must be on your blog. Okay, number two. What should your target market be asking you that they are not asking yet? So this one's a little bit weird, but it's really powerful. Marie Forleo put it a different way. She said, what needs need to be met, but your audience doesn't know to ask for it yet. So just another way to look for it. So I was listening to a podcast today about paleo and gluten-free lifestyle. And the woman said, One question that I don't get asked a lot, but people should be asking me is what happens to your body when you're not consuming good fat every single day? And I thought, yeah, this girl knows what she's doing because she's addressing something really important in that lifestyle, but people don't really know what to ask around it. You know, they're scared to put good fats in their body when they've been on a diet all their life. And they want to know like, what do you mean good fats? What, what are good fats? But she's saying, you need to ask me what happens to your body when you don't have them. So for you, for your audience, what does your audience need to understand to really get on board with what you teach? What do they not really know to ask yet, but they really need to understand it in order to really understand the value of what you're teaching and what you offer in your content and in your products. This one's a little tougher, but this could be a fantastic blog post or whatever you're creating. So I want you to think about this a little more. Don't worry about putting, you know, making a big list yourself. I've put this all into a cheat sheet for you with some examples and ideas. Number three, what are your top three posts on Facebook in the last six months? So you can go into your Facebook insights on your Facebook page, and I want you to look through all the details and tell me which three posts have gotten the most engagement. So likes, comments, shares, clicks, you'll find this information inside of insights. You got to do a little digging and you can Google it to understand how to use insights. But Michael Hyatt did this. He told me that he went through all of his Facebook posts and found the ones that like the top 10 maybe. And he created blog posts out of those top 10 Facebook posts because he knew what his audience needed and wanted based on their reaction to the post on Facebook. So this is a surefire way to know what your audience wants and needs. And this means when you create that content, you're finding more people just like the people you've already attracted to your Facebook page or that could go for any social media site. So what's your most popular pin on Pinterest or what's your most popular post on Instagram. Um, What's interesting is that a lot of the times it's something personal, which what does that tell you? Your audience wants to know more about you. They want to be let into your personal life as much as you feel comfortable. We'll get to that one because that actually is number seven. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. Number four, which experts does your ideal audience find valuable or who are the people that they really value their opinion? Now, the reason why this is such a good one is because you could have them on your show, of course, to interview, but you can also do cool things like what I just did for the Profit Lab. One of the bonuses I'm going to offer when we open the doors is I went to a bunch of online experts and I asked them, if you were to start 
all over again, what are the top three tools that you couldn't live without? Knowing what you know now, say like you're just starting over, what are those top three tools that you just have to have? And the answers were so cool. I mean, so many cool people answered and they answered with books and systems and tools and software. I mean, things I'd never even heard about. And then some of the most obvious ones, but it was interesting to hear them say, I wish I had this when I first started because. So there's great insights in there. Why did I do that? Well, I knew my audience would really value the opinion of these experts that I chose for it. They would just eat it up. So that allowed me to create a freebie that eventually I'll repurpose in a whole bunch of different ways. But right now I'm only going to give it away as a bonus for the Profit Lab to make it really valuable, worth getting. So we've been working really hard on that one. But for you, who are those experts? What does your audience want to know from them? How can you use that information in terms of content to attract more people to you? Number five, what could your target market talk about all day long? What could they talk about? What is something that they're just obsessed with? And of course, it should relate to your niche, but it doesn't have to, I guess. Now, I know I used Melissa Casera as an example in my podcast all about creating personality in your brand. And what she does on her blog post is she talks about some of her favorite shows like HBO shows or Netflix or whatever. And she weaves it into how it relates to her target market. So she chooses a show that's getting a lot of hype, like the show Empire. I haven't watched it yet, but I guess it's amazing. So she used Empire as an example, and then she relates it back to her target market and teaches a lesson through a really popular show. So that's the kind of thing that if your target market's talking about it or if they can relate to it and it's really popular right now, maybe you want to use that as the foundation for an article or podcast or whatever. So what are they talking about all day long? Here's another example. My audience, as it relates to my niche, they talk about how Facebook changes all the time. They're frustrated that Facebook changes all the time. So anybody I meet at a live event, not everybody, but most people, we get to talking about Facebook and they'll say, I'm just so frustrated. I can't keep up with all the changes. Or did you see that this just recently happened? Or what do you do about this? Because this changed on Facebook. It's a topic they can talk about all day long. Also, recently, Facebook has been really strict on Facebook ads. So some people have gotten their Facebook ad accounts shut down. So my good friend Rick Mulready, who was on our 50th episode, he did a whole post about how not to get your Facebook ads account shut down, how to be really careful and follow the rules. I'll link to that in my show notes if that is any interest to you because it was a great, I think it was a podcast. I just remember looking at the notes. So You've got to decide, you know, what can my audience talk about all day long, whether it's fun, entertaining, serious, whatever it is, write a blog post about it for sure. Number six, what are they most afraid of? So your target market, what are they most afraid of? This is the same thing as what keeps them up at night. What are they worried about? But really getting to the core. You know what I learned from my survey? A lot of people on my list don't feel confident enough. They don't feel like they're enough to actually make their business work because they're struggling. They're not seeing sales. They've tried so hard. They've put so much into it and it's just not working out for them. So they've lost hope or confidence in themselves. That's pretty big. And I feel like it's my mission to change that. 
and give them the tools and the strategies they need to see success so they can feel that confidence in their life. It's not all about Facebook for me. And I've got to remember that, you know, I'm all business sometimes, but then I have to stand back and say, it's really Amy about giving confidence to the people that are desperately wanting to create a business they love. So I've got to write about it. And you can guarantee that you'll see a podcast from me soon that addresses this confidence issue. So I'll be talking about it soon. Number seven, I teased about this one earlier because this one is what do they need to know about you? Remember in number three, I said, what are your most popular posts? You might find that one of those has to do with your personal life. Like one of my most popular posts is when I took some pictures of our brand new bikes that Hobie and I got each other for our anniversary. That one got so much engagement because people were just talking about how fun it is and wishing me happy anniversary and asking about the bikes and all that good stuff. They want to know more about you. Your audience does. And the more you share, the more you'll attract people to you that genuinely care about your brand and not just about all the freebie content you're putting out there. They want to know you more. And then from there, they want to dive more into your products and programs and services, what you're offering. So it truly does work that way. So one example for you to do is something like 10 things you might not know about me. Now, to be totally honest, that feels very indulgent to me. And I've been working with a branding specialist who thinks it's a great idea. She wants me to do 21 things that you might not know about me and put it on my about page. And I told her I would do it, but that just feels like me, 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 me. But she reminded me, she said, Amy, you said earlier that you love reading those things. And I do. If it's someone I actually am interested in, I love those little silly things about them. So things like, did you know I won the Spirit Award in sixth grade? Yes, I did. For the best attitude at school. So those are things that just kind of shape my personality. It truly made a huge difference in my life. And you just might not have known. But if people care about me and they want to know more about me because they like what I'm putting out there, then they would find like a list of 21 things kind of interesting and entertaining. So that might be a whole blog post where you share little insider tips that people might know, but they get a little glimpse of your personality. So something to think about. Number eight, what are they posting on Pinterest? What are they watching on YouTube? So you've got to really pay attention and, and find out not just what they like about what you've posted on Pinterest, but what are they posting? You know, try to find 10 people in your target market, maybe past customers, people posting on your Facebook page, go to their Pinterest if they have one or go to their Instagram channel. What are they talking about? What are they posting about? This stuff might not mean anything to you in the moment, but it will spark some ideas down the road. I promise you. So find out more about what they're doing online. You don't have to look at everybody, but just choose a few. Might spark some creativity. Number nine, what's the want and what's your Trojan horse? Okay, I got to explain this one. So recently I had the opportunity to talk to somebody that's really, really, really struggling in her business. And what she does is she's a coach. So she's been in personal development for over 20 years and her husband is a dentist. And not too long ago, he recently lost a friend to suicide. And you've probably heard the stat that dentists have, I think, the second highest suicide rate, which is so very sad. So she feels that it's her mission to help the dentist in the personal development world. The challenge she's having is that these dentists don't necessarily think they need 
help in the personal development world. At least they're not looking for that. What she found is they want to find out how to get more time and how to make more money. Those are the things she surveyed them more time, more money. So she needs to give them what they want in the form of her content, how she delivers her message, time and money. But the Trojan horse behind all of that is she can always talk about personal development and, you know, feeling grateful for what you have and affirmations and all that good stuff that the way you think is, or you don't have to believe everything you think, you know, those kind of lessons she can get there. But if she doesn't first lead with the want, she will not attract them. So that's what I want you to think. If you are putting out information that they might not be looking for, the more you know your target market, you'll know if you're doing this or not. But putting out that information is so very valuable. And then you find a way to weave in the message they really, really need. This is a fine line and this is a little bit more of a sophisticated strategy but I just wanted to put it out there because if she was struggling with that, I think there's other people out there too that are putting out messages that your target market is not even searching for. They don't have time for it. They don't want it. They at least think they don't want it. You've got to disguise it first, maybe with what they really think they want. Kind of weird, but it works really, really well. Okay. Number 10, I'm so bummed. I'm making this episode long again because I have a case study to share with you in a moment. So anyway, bear with me. Number 10, what could help them right now? This one's simple, but have you ever thought like right now, right this minute, what's the first thing that pops to your mind if I said, what could help your target market right now? What comes to mind? Build it out, create content around it, put it out there to help people and really make an impact in their lives. Because if you can get very specific like that, you can attract your target market. Okay, so here's the deal. Now I'm going to introduce you to our guest and her name is Donna Moritz and Donna's from Australia and she's a past student of mine. She took the Profit Lab the very first year it came out and she has created an amazing business and she specializes in visuals that will help you attract a target market and build your list and make more money. But the thing is, I invited her on the show. We're going to do a full show with her in the summer, but I invited her on the show just to talk briefly with you and tell you what she did to repurpose content. Because now that I've given you this list of 10, and I'll add more to the free PDF that you can get so you have even more ideas, but now that you have this list, now it's time to think, okay, if I create those epic blog posts, or if I put the time into these posts, what else can I do with them to get traction? And how can I put them out there with social media to attract a target market for free? And the answer is SlideShare. I don't know if you've ever used it before, but SlideShare is incredibly powerful. And I want Donna to come on the show and just break it up for you because she used SlideShare to get her content out, but also grow her email list, fill up a webinar and make more sales. It's pretty incredible. I'll let her tell the story and then I'll jump back on. Enjoy. Donna, thanks so much for being here. Amy, we're friends and I just love your podcast. So this is an absolute pleasure. Oh, well, I really appreciate it. And I just want to start from the very top of your strategy because it involves SlideShare and blog post and growing your list and selling more and getting people on webinars. I mean, it's a really cool strategy. And I thought if you could kind of walk us through step by step, when people get off this podcast, they can actually go do this, which as you know, I'm planning to do it for my next big launch. So I'm literally listening step by step. So can we start from the top? 
Very cool that you're doing it for your launch. And I'd love to say that I planned all of this, but it's been <laughs> learning as I went along. So, Well, lucky learning then, because you've gotten yeah. some amazing results <laughs> we'll share at the end. Yeah. So what happened was, uh, as you know, I've been interested in visual content for a while and I write about it. My blog focuses on it. And that kind of evolved as well because I started seeing the power of using visual content to drive traffic. And it was mainly originally infographics. And as you know, we did one together that still gets shared all the yep. time. And uh, on your blog. And I always knew that I should be trying SlideShare, but I just, you know, I just had never got around to it. And I had an infographic on SlideShare. I had a few on there, there that got shared really well, but I finally just decided to take the leap and, and do one. And I'd been inspired by some people like Todd Wheatland, who speaks for Social Media Examiner. And he um, wrote a book about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. He wrote the book on it. <laughs> cool. Um, and he, you know, he's, Presentations are always so inspiring because he's worked for companies like King Content and Kelly Services, which is a service-based, I think it's a recruitment or very B2B, not exactly the most exciting content, but he's been able to do really cool things with SlideShare at different levels of complexity, etc. So I really was inspired by him and also a guy called Jesse Desjardins, who is the head of social media at Tourism Australia. And he's actually Canadian, but um, we'll call them both Australians. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, is also, as well as doing amazing things with social media for our country, he has just been a slideshare ninja on the side. And he has one presentation in particular that's called You Suck at PowerPoint. <laughs> Love that title. <laughs> great, great title that has had over 2 million views. So I've followed him for a while and um, yeah, so I, I took the leap and what was happening was I had a launch coming up for my program and I decided to do a big list post. So I interviewed about, I think it was 19 visual social media experts, including yourself, people that used visual content well, and asked them for their top two or three tips. And then uh, the blog post took off and did well, obviously, because people were sharing it. Um, and, and it was a people. mammoth blog post. Yeah, it was big. Yeah. Uh, but I had in the background, I'd been talking to Canva because, as you know, Canva is an amazing DIY design tool. And they have a series of templates on, on their tool that you can use to create visual content. So most people would be familiar with the social media templates, yep. Facebook, Twitter, Google+, um, A4 templates, posters, all sorts of things. But not a lot of people had heard about the presentation template and it sits right there with all the others. Oh, I didn't actually, know about that. Yeah, it's, it's, you can use it to do slide decks. I use it, I basically create all of my presentations in Canva now. And wow. Just export them into um slide uh, to uh powerpoint or whatever you want to or use keynote too okay yeah yeah so yeah. you, you can... took the content from your blog post yeah. and you went into canva you used the template for presentations and what yeah. did you do with your content on your blog what, how did you make that like what so was included yeah so basically i just did a little intro you know that you know it's it's about how visual content was so hot right now, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember the exact wording, but then we went into, you know, so we asked the pros what, what are their tips. And then each slide featured one of the people that we'd interviewed. And I just pulled out one of their tips and put it just a simple quote on a really cool image. Um, I have a Shutterstock account, so I use Shutterstock for some of the images. I, actually, no, that one we use Canva. We use Canva, Canva images. Okay. Yeah, the other one I used Shutterstock. And but they, they have great images in there. They're a dollar a piece and we just use the background images and then we um, overlaid the, the quote and I linked through every tool or every page that we did, we linked through to the blog post afterwards. So you can upload it as a PDF 
and I just used Acrobat, Adobe Acrobat to add links. Anywhere on the page, you can add a link like with any PDF. You know how you can add links where people yep. can click through? So I did that to the to the whole document. I added links uh, back to the blog post. Um, basically a call to action to, to read more, click through and you'll arrive at the blog post. So people's curiosity was piqued and they went to the blog post. Okay. Time out. I got to slow you down. Donna's yeah. super fast. She knows this stuff. Good guys. So I got to back her up a little cause I have some questions about yeah. that. Yeah. So when you're designing a slide share presentation, are there any tips you can give me about how much content should be on a page? Should there always be an image? I like the idea that just so everyone can really understand when you go to, go to SlideShare and you watch a SlideShare presentation, you can click on the screen where there's those links that Donna talked about and it will take you to wherever the person wants to take you. Is that right, Donna? Yeah, sure. Okay. So you can, you can, um, you can basically link it to anything. In my case, I linked basically every link back to the blog post. Perfect. Cause um, that was the goal. Cause you wanted people to go back to the blog post and read it. And then you had on your blog post, a place to sign up for your webinar during your launch, right? Yeah. So I created a couple of banners that I put midway down through the blog post and then at the end. Great. So, so it was a list building where, strategy. Yeah, it was. And I wanted people to subscribe to the webinar. So it was irrelevant. So they were going from a visual content a piece of visual content about visual content uh -huh. <laughs> to a blog post that was relevant. It was linked. And then on that blog post, I was saying, Hey, if you want to learn more about visual content, you can sign up for my webinar. And I had a little bit of trivia for you. Um, that blog post was shared over 5,000 times. Wow. The, um, the signups for that webinar, we drove a lot of um, subscribers to the webinar with Facebook ads, but almost as many just with that one blog post. It okay. was hundred, hundreds. So this is so cool, guys. And we have to get back to my question about what to include on that slide yes. share, but yes. I want to kind of point out something. So Donna made the blog post first, but you don't have to do that. I mean, basically this is a whole strategy together, but she realized, yeah. wait, this blog post is doing really well, created a slide share. And then most of the traffic I'm going to guess maybe started at the slide share, went to the yes. blog post, people signed up for her webinar and she got just as many people to sign up for her webinar coming from that blog post, which was helped by the slide share than she did with paid ads. So this yeah. is when I love when organic traffic and paid traffic together create a really great success story like yours. Absolutely. So, so awesome. Okay. So tell us, let's go back to that slide presentation. Sure. Do you have any tips about what goes into those slides to make sure people keep clicking through? Yeah, I have one really hot tip. So, um, I, if you're creating a presentation for SlideShare, I don't, I don't um, recommend just throwing up your presentation that you did at a, a seminar or a conference just as it is. You need to think, or you need to consider that there's no presenter when someone's looking at a SlideShare presentation. So the biggest mistake people make is they take their entire presentation and throw it up, but then people are losing all the context that they get from the speaker. So you need to repurpose it a little bit. So that might mean just, just, I guess the best way is just have a little bit of information on each page and almost like a sentence at the most, just teasing people through. Always think about teasing people through to the next slide. If you can get them to the next slide, you can get them to the next slide. Yeah. Um, and that's what I always focus on. How can I sort of get people to keep clicking through to the end of this presentation? So often it means just a little bit of introduction, like it, um, you know, it might be, you know, visual, visual content is so hot right now click through, but it's hard to know where to start, click through. 
Gotcha. So, so you're telling a story are, per se. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much about storytelling. And I don't want people to get freaked out. It's not that hard. If you use a template, you can easily create one. But the best recommendation I can give is to go to the homepage of SlideShare and look at what is currently working. And a little tip is that the SlideShare team actually hand curate their slide decks every day that they that they feature on the homepage. Okay, so here's the deal, guys. Getting featured on the homepage of SlideShare is a big deal. And Donna, you've yes. been featured on it, right? Yeah, but all of mine have so far. Okay, and so what's I, the secret? The secret. Well, um, firstly, I have to say the SlideShare team are amazing. They're really nice. If there's any problems, they're super helpful. I think the secret is I've I've given Amy a link. There's a there's a really great blog post and SlideShare deck that the SlideShare team actually created, and it's called How to Get Picked for the SlideShare Homepage. So, awesome! Um, it talks about how to have a really compelling heading really clear visuals, not too busy, do that storytelling thing where people are clicking through, um, having call to action, all of that sort of thing. They, they say it's not a, an exact science, but there's some really good tips in there. And, you know, to be honest, if you look at the homepage, some of them, you know, have a certain style you can pick out and see what works and what doesn't work. So they have like the featured slideshare of the day. If you can get that, that's like the holy grail. And you'll get a lot of shares from SlideShare on Twitter. They'll feature you all over the place. Awesome. Because um, SlideShare gets a lot of traffic, even if you've never heard from it. Keep your mind open about this because there are a lot of people checking out those slides. Now, yeah. real quick, Donna, I have to ask you, you've done this more than once. You have another yes. success story where you use the other one purely for list building. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So just sure. to be clear, everybody, the other one she was using to get people on her webinar and sell her product. And she did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. But this one, she just used purely for list building so she can start relationships with them. So tell me about that one. Sure. So I did, um, although I did have a launch coming up, the main reason I did this one was A, to do a bigger blog post. On my blog, I do them every you know few weeks, um, but also to build my list. And I was just curious about using a different strategy. So what happened was I did another list post and this one was the... Um, 36 visual content creation tools the pros can't live without. So I asked about 20 different people what their three top tools were. And I deliberately said to them, don't discount a tool because you think everyone else will mention it. And then what I did is then we had repeated tools. So so a lot of people chose Canva, for instance. So I created a cheat sheet as well to go with the blog post. So what happened is we we did the blog post. Then I created a cheat sheet of the top five tools. So if people didn't really want to go through and work out all of the tools they could get the cheat sheet. I embedded that into the blog post so they could subscribe for the cheat sheet. And then I created a slide deck. And the slide deck was released a few days after the blog post when it started to have some legs. And do you want the stat? I do. Tell me. You know I <laughs> love right, them. So actually, this one was a little over 5,000 shares on the, blog po- on the actual blog post again. Which is a lot. That's a lot yeah, of shares a lot. of a blog post. Okay. Yeah, I'm not social media examiner. It's a lot. My, <laughs> Who is? My good, my good blog posts would get between one and 2,000 um, and usually between 500 and 1,000. So that's, that's the great. difference with this. And then I had over – so the first slide deck we created had about 50,000 views on SlideShare. This one had – it's got about 120,000 views on SlideShare now. Wow. Uh, and it drove 
the, the subscriber count, it drove 630 people to subscribe and that's still growing. That's still growing. So, and here what I, here's what I want to point out. That's 600 people on Donna's list that she did not pay for and are genuinely interested in what Donna sells products on, visual content and how to get yep. traffic and more sales through visuals. So she's attracting a very warm audience for free. You got to love that. Yeah. And it's, and it's qualified relevant traffic that all I can say is SlideShare uses subscribe. <laughs> you know, I, I, it was quite phenomenal. And so they were coming from the SlideShare presentation to the blog post and then subscribing for the cheat sheet because they wanted the, the top five tools. Now I did have a couple of calls of t calls to action on the slide deck. And so there was one part way through. If you want to read more, click through and you'll get the blog post and a free cheat sheet. So it was mentioned on the slide deck as well. So awesome. I think I covered all bases, but um, I yeah, think so. it's been I, amazing. This, this is such a great strategy. I love that there's multiple pieces to it. I love that it grows your email list. It helps you attract the right kind of person and could lead directly to sales. Do you have any other tips before we wrap it up? Just anything you could think of? to add to this whole idea of using SlideShare and your blog and all that good stuff? Sure. So I recommend that you look at the links that Amy's going to put up because I'll include the SlideShare slide deck that includes all their tips for how to get featured. I'd also recommend sometimes it's useful just to put the word SlideShare in the present in the title of your blog post because the SlideShare team are searching for presentations to share. So they will find it on Twitter a little easier that way. Right. And, and just in a nice way, sometimes you can give them a little heads up. <laughs> Which I love. You know, you, yeah. But just don't spam them, please. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, just think of, think of your content in ways that you can repurpose it. I mean. I was you hoping you'd a, say that. Let's talk a little yeah. bit about repurposing because you're really good at it. Okay. <laughs> I learned from the best. That was you. <laughs> okay. So you can take your blog post and turn it into a slide deck, which is what I did. The next step for me would be to consider maybe taking a slide deck and turning it into a video. Mm. So using, say, ScreenFlow or Camtasia to add some voice over it, if it was the right kind of deck. Then you can also consider taking the individual slides out and, and using those as images for social media. Oh, shares nice. And, yeah, so either driving people back to the SlideShare or to your blog post. Also, another thing is because we create a lot of infographics, I tend to do them in sections of content, like as you go down the infographic. Yeah. So if you're working with a designer, like this is my tip for working with a high-end designer for an infographic or if you're creating your own, consider it in sections or pieces of or chunks of content like you would with anything else. And if you are, getting, if you are paying someone to create an infographic for you, say to the designer, hey, we think we might do a slide deck. Could we, you know, how much would it be to just repurpose some of this into some slides? Great idea. Yeah, because it's, it's not as much once the, the person's working on your content to do that. Um, and that's something that I want to look into doing as well because infographics work well on SlideShare. And you know what? LinkedIn owns SlideShare, so it's not going away. <laughs> yeah, which is a great point. That, that's a huge reason to, to pay attention. Um, yeah, and there so. was another thing. Oh, you said video. So one other idea you could do is take the slide deck and make a quick video, kind of teasing some of the content and put it on Facebook. Maybe it's a one minute, two minute video. And from Facebook, you're directing people to your slide share. And so that's just one other way to get more traffic to the slide share. They can enjoy the content. You build this relationship and then, of course, send them wherever you want to send them. 
So there's, there's a lot of great ways to repurpose. And I think Donna, you've done an outstanding job with your (laughs) slide share strategy. Um, we're going to have you back on the show, a full show to talk all about how to use visuals with your content to build your email list and to make more money. Is that right? Yes. Great. It's going to be fun. You're coming on soon. So guys, listen for her and it's not too long. I'm going to guess maybe within the next month or two, that show's going to air and it's going to be outstanding. So Donna, thanks for being with me here today. Thanks so much, Amy. It was fun. Take care. Good stuff, right? Right when we ended, Donna said, I forgot to tell you, there's another tool that you can do some repurposing where you can turn the slide share into a GIF. Is that how you say it? G-I-F? And it actually plays on Google Plus. And I don't know where else that would play, but it actually just flips through all of the slides so that it plays automatically on other social media channels. Now, I saw that Neil Patel talked about turning a slide share into a video graphic. So he probably has a tool for that too. So I'm going to look that up and put it in the show notes. So the show notes are at amyporterfield.com forward slash 56. So I'm going to find some tools to turn the slide share into like a movie file that you can upload to other social media channels and it just plays. It just goes through the slides so people can find it elsewhere and not just on SlideShare. But how many of you want to get on that homepage of SlideShare? I know I sure do. It's my goal. It's a, I'm such a nerd. That's like a huge goal of mine. It would be so cool. So we'll see what happens. I'm definitely going to use it during the Profit Lab launch. So here's the deal. Donna gave you a lot of great ideas repurposing. Remember one great thing you can do with content. And I talked about this in an earlier episode is to create those short little videos on Facebook. Have you tried that yet? So I've gotten so many cool messages from people that thanked me for that episode. You can look on my blog. It's an episode about how to create short videos for Facebook. And let me tell you about two of them. One of the ladies, she's Jill Fit, which I'm a huge fan of Jill's. She said that she was on a walk and she decided she was listening to my podcast about the videos and she thought, I'm just going to make a quick video. So she turned the camera around with her smartphone. She was literally on a walk, headphones in, and she gave this really cool tip, put it on her Facebook page. And I think she said something like she got 14,000 views. I mean, how cool is that? And she said that's way more than she usually gets. And it instantly took fire versus, you know, sometimes when you post on your page, it takes a while to get some momentum. Well, videos right now are just getting instant momentum. So she saw quick momentum with this video right away. And it's really cool. It's just super personal and people get to connect with her. I'm telling you, videos where it's at on Facebook, I need to do more too. So believe me, I hear you if you haven't done it yet. So number two, someone just told me that she posted a quick video on Facebook and that video has gotten more views than all of her YouTube videos combined. Now, she probably doesn't have a huge YouTube channel, but that's pretty impressive. One quick video on Facebook, more views than all of the videos on YouTube combined. Pretty crazy, right? If you haven't tried short, quick videos on Facebook, they don't need to be your face. They can be a screen flow or recording something other than yourself. Do what you want, but test them out. It's a great way to create content and attract your target market. Okay. So to wrap this up, I want to remind you that I created a PDF for you with those 10 questions plus five more that I'm keeping for the cheat sheet. You can get it at amyporterfield.com forward slash 56 download, or you can text 56 download to the number 38470. Thank you so much for being with me today. 
I'm sorry I didn't make this shorter, but I feel like I made it a little lighter, a little bit more fun. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed putting the content together for you. Have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 